Welcome to Gain That Tune. It is Game That Tune, and we are back in the house once again in the year 2020. Here we are, folks. It's ya boy, John Harrington here. We got John Regan with us. Say hey. Hey. We got Jesse Moore. Say hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm, I'm good at this. And we got David Fleming. Say hey. I almost called you David. Hey. Uh, if you're just <laughs> joining us here on Game That Tune, <laughs> what we are going to do is we are going to listen to some video game tunes. We've each brought three songs from a game. We're going to try and guess each other's games based on the songs with a little bit of trivia. We're going to goof off. We're going to have a lot of fun. And the winner at the end of the night picks the theme for the next episode and plays some of their bonus tunes. And the winner last week, uh, or a couple weeks ago, we missed last week. Uh, thanks, John. You feeling better, John? Uh, mostly, I'm not 100% there, but I'm just about there. That's good. Man. I'm doing I'm my to best to not cough, not cough tonight. Seems my thoughts and prayers worked. Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the winner last... <laughs> God, God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> the winner a couple weeks ago was me, and since we're in this new year, 2020, I wanted to look back 20 years to the year 2000, a theme that when you say it in such a way sounds so you know logical and makes perfect sense. So we're, we're doing games from the year... 2000, the new millennium, nay, the willennium. That's the last Will 2K joke I'm going to make on the show. Um, is it, though? Is it? Is it? it well, yeah, we'll just see, man. Uh, excuse is me. Is it the new millennium? I believe the new millennium started in the year 2001 because that's where we start counting Don't years from, do not zero. That thing. That is just not what I'm interested in discussing. You know, if you want to be. So ninth. That's so. That's such a 1999 asshole thing of me to say. <laughs> yeah, it was, man. Yeah, wow, John, you want to get like super pedantic about when decades start and end? Because technically, time is a construct, and a new decade starts and ends every single moment. You know, yeah, wow, boom, John, you're really bl blowing my fucking mind. But thankfully, John blowing people's minds is not the theme, and it seldom occurs on Game That Tune. Uh, no, we're, we're listening to games from 2000, so we got some great systems to draw from. We got the Nintendo 64, we got the PlayStation, we even have the launch of the PlayStation 2, Game Boy's still kicking around, the Dreamcast uh, hasn't been taken off life support just yet. Um, you know, we we got a diverse uh, diverse slate, and uh, I think uh, I think it's gonna be a fun show, man. Because uh, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but uh, these year specific shows, uh, I don't typically have to scrape the barrel. But I think I unwittingly picked a year in which we'd used a lot of games already. So uh, you know, anybody anybody want to do an opening toss up? Uh, hazard a guess as to just how many games from the year two thousand we previously used on Game That Tune. 2,800. Oh, close. David's closest without going over. The answer was 38. <laughs> uh, Ooh. You know, which is, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot. It, it is a lot. You know, considering the Nintendo 64 only had six releases that year, 
38 is a pretty significant number of, uh, of 2,000 games that we previously used. Um, so yeah, I think we've all chosen our, uh, you know, our second and third string 2,000 games for tonight's show. <laughs> so uh, we'll, just, uh, we'll just see, man. Johnny, we gotta jump right into it, man. Let's, uh, let's kick it off. Game 1. So, 
Once the player collects all gold dragon heads and beats the Shaolin Temple bonus level with a good score, a short bonus behind-the-scenes FMV clip of the titular character talking about the making of this game is played. Sweet guys, who's feeling great? I'm I'm feeling actually really good. Gonna say, John, it's an it's an audio podcast. Don't nod your fucking head. Say something. <laughs> good. Yeah, there seems to be a really uh, relevant chat going on in our chat box right now. So let's see some answers. Ooh, Johnny says Mortal Kombat Special Forces. Special Forces is my favorite character in Mortal Kombat. David says Spider-Man, which is unfortunately incorrect, because that would be pretty great if Spider-Man took you behind the scenes of his own game. And Jesse has the correct answer. This is Jackie Chan Stuntmaster. Son of a bitch. Yeah, man. My man, Jackie. And there's a very relevant discussion about everyone's favorite Chinese food going on in the chat right now. And someone, I believe, said, this sounds like some funky Chinese restaurant music. I'm like... Damn, someone's really on the right track here. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was How thinking, you know? like, especially with the Shaolin like trivia and everything, it's like, oh, I bet this was one of those Mortal Kombat games. And then I saw Special Forces, like, that's not a character. Yeah. <laughs> Good try, John. I like where your head's at. <laughs> well, so that one had Jax, and I thought you had an FMV of Jax giving you a behind the scenes of making the game. Like, so we took the time to animate Jax. <laughs> Like mm. taking you through the game development studios and talking to people and oh, stuff God. like that. Be pretty great, man, if they got the same actor who played him in like Mortal Kombat Annihilation to take you through. <laughs> like, As I say, although uh, to be no, fair, let's... that is that is not in the Mortal Kombat animation budget. Like yeah. especially <laughs> around circa 2000, there's no way they can do that. Yeah, no, they uh, they were famously well, not doing great that at that time. Um, no, but anyway, yeah, so uh, by beating the game uh, and, you know, finding all the gold dragon heads, you get a video of Jackie Chan, like, talking about the behind-the-scenes making of this game. I have to imagine he knows nothing about the making of this game. It's not like a Jackie Chan movie. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I did not beat the game in preparation to uh, find out. How about he directly involved? I bet they mo-capped him doing stunts, okay? Mm. And uh, he actually did... I, I, I Okay. He seems like the kind of guy that gets involved in a project. He doesn't seem like he's going to slap his name on any old thing. Jackie Chan. I mean, that's... His, I mean, you know, that's, his name means something to him. That's true. Mm -hmm. Jackie Chan does not half-ass anything. 
No, that I mean that is not even a joke. That's stone cold fact right there. Uh, I can. It'd be kind of funny though, like just picturing him like showing up to Midway and just being, or you know, I don't think Midway made this, but you know, just showing up to a game studio and being like, "Guys, I'm here. It's me, Jackie. How can I help? I'm I'm a hands-on guy. How do we achieve this stunt?" It's like, we use CGI models to make video games, Mr. Chan. It's like, oh, uh, well, okay. Uh, who, uh, who wants coffee? I'm going to Starbucks, and then he like jumps out. Who a can teach? <laughs> who can teach me C real quick? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, also, I, I know I a little bit of Lua, but I don't really you know, don't really know much. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of Jackie Chan going. I'm just like, oh no, we use CGI models. Like we. We wouldn't need you for anything, and he just sees a guy in a mocap suit. Like, what the fuck is that then? I can just imagine him seeing a guy in a mocap suit, and he thinks it's some kind of like ninja challenge, like in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He slaps <laughs> all the ping pong, slaps all the ping pong balls off the guy, <laughs> like, and no one I, hears him. <laughs> I like the idea of Jackie Chan actually being a pretty prolific Lua programmer because it turns out he's been writing like plugins for Gary's mod for a few years now. Yep. <laughs> Uh, good old Jackie's mod, um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's not that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how involved he was in the making of it, because uh, also like, yeah, I thought, oh man, could that be kind of cool? Like a game with Jackie Chan, like you know, videos in between as cutscenes, and then it's like, actually, no, the the making of it, the end is the only thing that uses actual Jackie Chan. Everything else is like uh, rendered cutscenes of an animated Jackie Chan. I'm like, oh man, that's kind of a letdown, <laughs> like. Because, you know, it'd be, be kind of cool having a PlayStation beat-em-up game starring Jackie Chan where they actually had, like, a Jackie Chan stunt movie going on in between the things. Like, uh, in between the levels. I think that would actually be really fucking cool. <laughs> like, you know, you're, uh, I assume it's just an amalgamation of all his movies. So it's just like, you know, you're playing Rumble in the Bronx and you're on big hovercraft and you're beating your way up through the hovercraft. And then it just plays that clip from Rumble in the Bronx where he jumps off the hovercraft. Like, that'd be pretty fucking cool. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm looking at a screenshot of the Jackie Chan in the game. And it's pretty fucking <laughs> flawless, isn't it? I don't, I don't think I want it any other way. I'm counting maybe 12 polygons in his head, maybe. <laughs> yeah, man, the face is fantastic. <laughs> the Jackie face, I mean, he's... Looks like oh, a GoldenEye character. <laughs> I mean, vaguely, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, no, I don't even know what to make of it, but like, yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of fidelity to that Jackie, which is just too bad. Yeah, he's you know he's got a white T-shirt, he's got his jeans. It was nice they animated his belt, uh, you know, <laughs> classic Jackie Chan stuff. He's a man with a belt. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, as far as the story goes, very important for games like Jackie Chan Stuntmaster. Uh, you know, you're playing as uh, Jackie, and you work for your grandfather's courier service. Uh, and then you're uh, going out to eat with your grandfather, and surprise, surprise, that motherfucker gets kidnapped. Along with a precious, mysterious package. And so Jackie's got to go out and beat people up and get his grandfather and the mysterious package back. So, uh... Wait, is that... Is that cutscene leading up to the game, or are those levels? Because I would like to play the level where you go out to dinner with your grandfather. I mean, <laughs> see, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's cutscene, because honestly, a few levels of just being a courier would be kind of cool. <laughs> like, just some Jackie Chan, like, Mirror's Edge 3D platforming shit would be kind of cool. And then you have to have like a like a date date sim with your grandfather where you're at a Chinese <laughs> restaurant, and you have to just have a normal conversation. Uh, and then yeah, your grandfather gets kidnapped and it becomes a beat 'em up. Like 
you know, maybe this game was super diverse and ahead of its time. It wasn't. I'm certain of it. But, <laughs> See, I'm thinking you know, more along the lines certain. of the the courier service just being like Paperboy, but starring Jackie Chan. It's like. You're just yeah, walking so you, down the street, st- and suddenly there are just, like, zombies and ninjas and, like, guys transplanting giant panes of glass you have to kick people through. Yes. You know, or just, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, just constant platforming challenges somehow on a normal neighborhood street. Uh, Jackie, he'd be well, up for it, man. You know, some, some PS1 games, they put in like old arcade games as loading screen games right so you could have like a paperboy style 8-bit you know game during the loading for the real level That's so you right. could have the that could be how you do the mini game in there i'm sure they took the care to do that john that you know <laughs> i didn't look into the loading screens on this but uh what yeah. what yeah. kind of research <laughs> have you done hey man yeah you i yeah I know you're just uh, you're just making a joke here. We normally do research all loading screens before game that tune, <laughs> but I was I was just a little behind the eight ball this week, man. I'm sorry. I'm you know I apologize, man. I, you know, I want to honor Jackie a little better than this. I you know I'm keeping him on a first name basis. You know, I mean he is a close Jackie personal Chase friend of the show. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, we're establishing that in the canon right now. Jackie, he's actually going to be on the uh, show next week when Jesse's uh, off doing his thing. So uh, we'll have special guest Jackie. It's going to be very good. Um, I mean, we're not going to say his last name because we don't think we need to. But, you know, it's Jackie. It, it's implied, man. Yeah, <laughs> We know a man named Jackie. And I did once push him out of a building. And uh, you he know, survived. He and yeah. Yeah, he's going to be on the show. It's great. This guy loves games. Uh, definitely <laughs> was involved in the making of games. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, sorry for scraping the barrel on this one, folks. Uh, yeah, like I established in the opening of the show, we've used a lot of games from the year 2000. And I was a predominantly Nintendo 64 playing kid back then. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of hitting my limit on this. I did not think about that as I chose the theme for this week. So. Uh, enjoy Jackie Chan Stuntmaster any way you can find it. And Johnny, let's go on to a game that I think maybe somebody played. Fingers crossed. Game two.
so this game was uh, packaged with a uh, demo disc that included the following games um, Chocobo Racing, Front Mission 3, Threads of Fate, uh, Chrono Cross, Saga Frontier 2, and Chocobo Dungeon 2. Oh, and Legend of Mana. Alright, gentlemen, how you guys feeling? Pretty good. Cool. Let's see what we got. Let's see, Johnny says Final Fantasy Nine. That is incorrect. Um, John is still scrambling for a writing device, and he's writing feverishly. Um, David says, uh, "Oh wait, okay." John says, "Vagrant Story." David says, "Vagrant Story." You guys are both correct. Cool. So yeah, this is uh, Vagrant Story from on the PlayStation, and um, this is a weird game. <laughs> it's a uh, an action RPG with a pretty cool art style for it. You know, it's still PlayStation graphics and weird polygons, but I think it looks neat. Um, 
Yeah, it's got I'm, kind of that like uh, kind of sepia tone-ish to it, like uh, you know, yeah. not a not terribly colorful, but like you know, kind of cool graphics. Yeah, it's it's like a an action RPG. It's kind of similar to uh, Parasite Eve, if you played that, where um, you can like pause the uh, the battles to pick what kind of attacks you do. But otherwise, it's kind of like action RPG. Um, the thing is, is like it's it's kind of uh, dense with like menus and weird stats and like a lot of like this is a game that if you want to get into, you gotta fucking get into. You can't play this thing casually, and it's it's a little too much for me. But um, it's um I don't know, it's an alright game. Yeah, uh, from what I'm seeing. Uh you know, I guess the Wikipedia mentions that there's no like character interaction in it. It's pretty much just like action and weapon crafting. Yeah, the weapon uh, crafting is is almost infuriating. I did oh, not really? understand it. It's Uh-oh. just <laughs> I didn't know what I was fucking doing, and like the manual in the game doesn't really give you all that good of an idea. I guess I could have went online and watched some videos or something, but fucking who wants to do that you know <laughs> well no i mean you know you couldn't do that in the year 2000 are you kidding like that. well yeah then you couldn't know <laughs> yeah what videos could you even watch online like you know you're gonna download some quick times or something like no 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 that wasn't yeah, gonna fuck. happen yeah download 15 seconds of pornography no that doesn't help you play vagrant story um well <laughs> i mean it depends yeah, yeah exactly it, yeah it doesn't teach you anything about crafting um, no that's for sure fuck yeah, uh, no, it, it, it sounds cool. I mean, like, I kind of like the idea of just an RPG where it's not, you know, all story and just kind of, you know, keeps you in the action. But yeah, uh, it's a lot of dungeon crawling. Yeah, they have um, I like it. some platforming elements, which is pretty neat. And you play as a, apparently a man named Ashley. That's right. My middle name's Ashley, so I'm not down on it. I'm just, you know, yeah. it seems like. At some point, people uh, people in Japan latched onto that as a uh, as like a character name, or people who translated Japanese games went with that as uh, as a name for uh, for RPG characters. I don't know. So, is it really yeah. Jesse? I don't think I ever knew that. Really, you didn't? Yeah, no. Jam. Hmm. Wow, I did not know that either. Yeah, really, I could have swore. I- Wow. Learning What's deep my... secrets <laughs> about Jesse on cool. Game That Tune episode 185. Yes, exactly. And let's all say our full names so that, we, you know, for all future references, we all know each other's middle names. <laughs> Followed by our social security numbers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Last and five addresses. Johnny, right. you and, first. Uh, yeah, Johnny, what was the name of your first pet? And uh, the, <laughs> the, your high school and mascot. Your mother's maiden name. Yeah. Uh, you're your, and your, you're your grandmother friend. was born. Uh, and your favorite It's clear, movie. Jesse, that we've played a lot of Vagrant Story, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't think you would, but it was, it was a game that I never, you know, got into. I remember seeing it and I did try it like when it was, you know, like, I guess relevant and right. I didn't, it didn't stick. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe a more mature eye will uh, get into it. And. I did appreciate a lot of it. The music was good. I liked the art style, the way the story was unfolding. Um, like some of the, like looking around in the little the rooms. Because it's like every time you go into a room, there's either like a puzzle in there or some monsters you got to kill. And like that stuff was cool. But like 
anytime I was trying to, I guess, equip weapons or, or use items or uh, craft, it just seemed like so overwhelming. And right. Um, yeah. And I like that your trivia left me no choice on how to uh, deduce this game. Uh, yeah, by mentioning that demo disc, which contained um, approximately ten thousand square games. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like okay. Well, I'm gonna pull up my list of games from the year two thousand, which I keep on hand for my GTT gyms research, and uh, I'm gonna control F square until I find something that I don't think uh, we've used and that uh, came out in the year two thousand. Oh, look, Vagrant Story. Good plan. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> um, and and so it's. I'm Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was also reading, uh, it's strange, on Wikipedia, this is listed in the series Ivalice Alliance. Um, yes. So it's vaguely Final Fantasy adjacent besides just being a square game? Yeah, yeah. I was going to, because um, well, one of the composers is the same guy who composed Final Fantasy Tactics, which is, the, the soundtracks do sound very similar. Word. Um, so yeah, it takes place in a fictional place called Ivalice. But uh, Final Fantasy Tactics also takes place in Evilus, and Final Fantasy Twelve also takes place in Evilus. Okay, and it's like, yeah, I see. That's what I they're thought. They're like not like they're kind of close to each other apparently, but not like you know they don't interact in the games. They don't live like you know, it's it's weird. Right. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. Like you know, I don't know, just establish a fictional world and then have things taking place in it that don't necessarily intersect, as though it's. Now, you know, stay with me here. A large world, a great big world out there. Yeah, it's <laughs> and, neat. You know, maybe Final Fantasy twelve could be taking place with no one realizing that Vagrant Story is taking place somewhere else in the world. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, that is really cool. And it I would also that's... be cool if they were to keep... If they were to keep that going and then obviously expand upon the world and maybe just have little intersections. Like if, if in Vagrant Story you had to do like one thing in the, you know, whatever, uh, you know, Kingdom of, like, uh, what's it called in Final Fantasy XII? You know, I'm, uh, I'm Captain Bosch oh, von Ronsenberg. Captain Bosch von Ronsenberg of Dalmasca. If you had to do yeah, like one go. thing in Dalmasca, it's like, oh, it is Ivalice. Like, it's not <laughs> just in name. It's... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm here. Where's Captain Bosch? Ah, forget it. He's probably dead. Uh, <laughs> David? <laughs> no, I was going to say, it's like, that's one thing that I'm kind of surprised. And maybe it's just the crossover fan within me. But, like, why hasn't Square done that? Because they have so many RPG series. Like, why don't they just... You could have, like, a multiverse. Well, you could have, like, some giant cosmic threat who's going to destroy worlds so you have to band heroes from other worlds. Like, how hard would it be to have Cloud and, like, the governor from Dragon Quest VIII together? Well, yeah. okay. I was going <laughs> to say they do have a, a Dissidia, which is a Final Fantasy multiverse type thing. Um... But they, yep. yeah, they haven't messed with like other like Dragon Quests or whatnot, mm-hmm. or vagrant I mean, and stories. It almost seems like it seems like it's in the you know in the blood of vagrant story to appear in these other Evilese based uh, based games. I mean, he's you know you're playing a vagrant. It's a story about a vagrant just wanders between other Square games. That'd be a be a, be a nice little touch, you know. Especially oh man, if that demo disc. If you know if the vagrant adventured into all those other Square games, like. That'd be kind of cool. Like, you got to go to Legend of Mana for a quick minute. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no, I mean, the game sounds cool. 
and from what I'm also reading, it's not been re-released in any form. It's just kind of stuck on the PlayStation and kind of a forgotten, uh, like, cool-ass game. And I'm like, you know, I thought Square got around to remastering everything. What's going on here? <laughs> I think you can get on the PlayStation Store and play it on like your PS3 or PS4. Okay. That's a good poem about a vagrant story. Um, it's available in the PlayStation Store on your PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4. Uh, Jesse, anything else about this uh, this story of this vagrant? There's a dragon. <gasps> really? Hold on now. Uh, you know, let's, uh, uh, okay, I'm, I'm penciling it into the schedule of the show. We're now well, approximately going 30 minutes over time. I would like to talk about a dragon in an RPG. Uh, Jesse? <laughs> I assume you have a large uh, discussion prepared. Yeah, you have to fight it, but then <sighs> like, uh, then like, I think like the window breaks and like, he like leaves, so you don't get to kill it. I think it, it's all blurred. You then you fight a minotaur later on. Really? Yeah. Okay. Now, see, now you're speaking <laughs> my language. Johnny so. yawning. He's like minotaur, <laughs> or like minotaur. <laughs> Oh, jeez, John. Sorry that we can't fucking impress yeah. you with let's the Vagrant just, story and its fucking compendium of monsters. Game. Fuck this shit. I was going to say very quickly. No, I was going to say, it's like, before we move on, I do want to piggyback on John's idea about the Vagrant appearing in all of the characters from the demo disc because I would absolutely love to play as the Vagrant in Front Mission 3 or Chocobo <laughs> Racing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. They should have done that. It would have put the Vagrant over in a big way. Like... It's like here's this he's fun Chocobo, Chocobo racing game. No, he's riding game. a vagrant. <laughs> it's like here's the vag. Oh, that would be even better if he was one of like the rideable characters. <laughs> he's, he's exactly. He's not a rider. He's a he's a rideable. <laughs> like, oh, you got Fatty Chocobo. You got the vagrant. You know, everybody's here. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Go back to that last one. Fatty Chocobo. Yeah. No, no, the other one. Yeah, this guy hauls ass, man. <laughs> he's got places to go. <laughs> video games to visit. Ah. <laughs> uh. Great job, David. Dynamite drop-in. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Game 3.
Alright guys, so one of the noteworthy issues of this game was its poor translation. One character tends to speak poetically and make references to Japanese culture that were translated literally, resulting in a lot of gibberish. So, uh, how you guys feeling? Pretty good. Okay, good, good, yep. very good. Really good. So, this is our fan request for the week. This came to us via our Discord from, uh, let's see, three of our most powerful patrons. Uh, this came to us from uh, Daniel Perky, uh, Chrono, and uh, Wild Arms Fan, all in Discord. So, thank you all very much. Uh, let's see those answers. Uh, what do you know? It's a hat trick. Uh, did I give it away with Wild Arms Fan? It's Wild Arms 2. Hell yeah. Um, Wild Arms 2 for the PlayStation 1. We got a, we got a good PlayStation show going tonight, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is wow. 2000. Yeah, I know. It's... Uh, <laughs> But it's us, too, so yeah, it's not okay, normally this true, PlayStation yeah. heavy. So. Um, yeah, man, what a, what, a, what a game. Jesse, I am really counting on you, man. <laughs> Please tell me you put some hours into Wild Arms 2. <laughs> I've only played Wild Arms 1 and 3. Oh, how, <laughs> man? How can you skip such an essential entry in the series? Like, How could you miss out on this? I don't know. I've been wanting to play it. I just haven't got around to it. It's all right, man. Um, David, then, I'm counting on you. You're my backup on this one. You played Wild Arms too, right? I mean, it's a PlayStation RPG. That has me written all over it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so uh, David's unnecessary, uncalled-for sarcasm aside. I'm finally... We're defaulting down to John. John... You've got to take us through Wild Arms 2. I'm not taking yeah, no actually, for an answer. 
I actually serve, served as executive producer on this game. Oh my god! <laughs> Thank yeah. God, man. I was a little worried that none of us knew anything about Wild Arms 2. No, okay. I'm in the special thanks credits at the end there. Right, see, and uh, so I keep forgetting, man, your name translated into Japanese is Akafumi Kaneko. So, uh, <laughs> Akafumi, I need you Whoa. to tell us everything you know about Wild Arms 2. Think back 20 years. I know you have that weird... Uh, that weird selective memory thing where you only can remember things if they're written in a Wikipedia article. But, um, you know, you know, think back and tell us all your favorite stories about your uh, development and production of Wild Arms 2. Uh, you know, how wild well, did you make those arms? Well, I made them pretty wild because I was the one that made Ashley's uh, special move booty call happen. I insisted <laughs> on that being a move in the game. Yes, and Thank I really goodness. got a lot of pushback on that. They really gave me a lot of shit, but I, I insisted no. Like this is not Wild Arms if Ashley does not have a move called Booty Call. You got a lot of pushback on that booty. Uh, what you I did. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, as I insinuated in our last discussion, uh, yeah, uh, another RPG on this show featuring a main character named Ashley. It's a pretty Ashley heavy night here on Game That Tune. So uh, hell yeah. God. Uh, you know, I'm my only hope really to keep this streak going is that Johnny picks some kind of Game Boy Color Olsen Twins game, uh, but I'm getting I'm I'm betting he didn't since he was executive producer of Wild Arms Two, so uh, <laughs> you know, realistically, I, I want to <laughs> humbly make a personal request to John. Will you please change your Twitter bio to say the Akafumi Kaneko of Game That Tune? <laughs> yes, I was. A pretty fucking prolific 14-year-old, you guys. <laughs> I don't want to hear any more of that story. Um, <laughs> I want to hear a lot more. <laughs> so, uh, exactly. Johnny, elaborate, but don't. Um, but yeah, so uh, Wild Arms uh, 2, a.k.a. Wild Arms Second Ignition. Uh, you know, a, a cool RPG. So, Jesse, refresh me. The first Wild Arms, and I assume the rest of the series also, was this the Cowboy RPG? Yeah, it's kind of like a cool, like, cowboys and magic type of situation. It's it's really cool. Word. Yeah, because I was confused because, like, the immediate description on Wikipedia mentioned, like, terrorists. And I'm like, now hold on, I thought I thought we were dealing with cowboys. Like, you know, <laughs> pump those terrorist brakes. It's, uh, it's only 2,000, man. Come on, we don't need terrorists in our cowboy RPG. But, uh, you know, oh well. Uh, yeah, so Ashley, uh, the gunfighter, gets recruited to fight a terrorist group called ARMS. Um, David can elaborate on this. I assume the terrorist group is the, uh, it's all the people from the Switch game arms. Um, um, you know, I'll have to double check my sources. I'll have to give Shiggy a call, but I believe the character designer of arms pulled from wild arms. Like if I'm not mistaken, the arms fighting game was almost called wild arms until they ran into a trademark dispute. Yeah. Um, and they're so like, all right, upon fine. A game just, they just, designed years earlier. <laughs> just you know what? Just drop the adjective. Call it arms. We'll be done. Right. Yeah, we'll figure out some other adjective for these arms to be. In the meantime, we'll just work on the arms. Now, yeah, you know, maybe it's something involving the lead character having a move called booty call. Uh, they, they obviously that influenced their design of Twintel in arms. Um, you know, she thick. Uh, yeah, that, yeah uh, that stands <laughs> to reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody said the word booty, and then you know, 18 years later, there was a video game involving a, a sexy woman. Um, yep, all, the, all checks out. That's 
That's all in Johnny's uh, like you know resume. <laughs> yeah. Eighteen years yeah. later, a video game was developed with a sexy woman. The only video game developed in those eighteen <laughs> exactly. years featuring yeah. a sexy woman. Groundbreaking new game. <laughs> there was this groundbreaking new game involving a sexy woman. Uh, yeah. Way old the phone. New ground for Shiggy, but not necessarily for uh, the game industry at large. Um, I don't know. Have you but, played Pikmin 3? I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> purple Pikmin thick, though. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Episode title. Oh, my God. Ah, and t-shirt uh, idea. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, God, that should go on a shirt. <laughs> a Pikmin with a thick ass. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Let's All right. get Hold on Fiverr this minute. <laughs> <laughs> you guys go on without me. I'm going to go put out this. I have some research commission. I must do. Uh, what are the, <laughs> hey, Siri, what's the rules on stealing artwork from Rule 34 for your own profit? <laughs> um, anyway, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I only feel bad for this shirt. because we got an enthusiastic request for this. We have like three of our most powerful patrons requesting this game. One of whom literally is uh, you know under the alias Wild Arms fan, and I feel like we are not good enough Wild Arms fans for this. <laughs> like it's uh, it's got great tunes, and it seems like a cool game. Uh, and it's apparently you know just kind of you know it's a uh, it's there. I think that's also available in the PlayStation Store for you to download now. But, um, I, you know, I, I think it was surpassed by every subsequent entry in this series. A series that has more entries than I realized. I kind of thought <laughs> this fizzled out. <laughs> but, like, there's like seven Wild Arms games, aren't there? <laughs> Jesse's cracking up. I don't know what I, I, don't know what I did. <laughs> it's uh, not what you did. Oh, okay. Word. <laughs> I'm sorry. Johnny... Oh, Johnny found he the he found the rule thirty four Pikmin, didn't he? God damn it! Uh, he, he certainly did. Ah, I should have known. That's I found our shirt design, boys. That's the point of rule thirty four. It's there. It's gonna be gonna be one of those nights. Oh god! <laughs> Look forward uh, to that post great, show. We're gonna have a great um, GTT after hours. But yeah. So anyway, also yeah. uh, so with regards to the uh, famously bad translation, uh, I guess this character Liz. Uh, speaks very kind of flowery and poetically uh, in the Japanese version, and whoever was translating it did not understand that. Um, so uh, I, I pulled a few Liz quotes from uh, from a game FAQ. Do you guys want me to start spouting off Liz quotes? Please yeah. do, um, please. Yeah. Okay. Well, or, or should you guys just like have a conversation? I'll just like interject these as though I would be saying them. You know, don't leave me here. How about having a party to boost morale? The alternating events of joy and sorrow will taint future developments. Taint. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> Great contribution. I love but, that John has literally rescinded back to being a 14-year-old. <laughs> oh, punch drunk momentalism. Yes, yeah, these <laughs> something about just reading gibberish that's not that entertaining. You know, art saying and thanks. Uh, don't meet his gaze. You won't petrify, but judging from previous experiences, you might lose consciousness. That's not that uh, gibberishy. Uh, it seems if you take calcium before bed, the absorption is best. No one fusses like what? lizard. <laughs> we could just let him die. That's one possibility. I mean, the guy has lived long enough already. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Uh, gentlemen don't like violence, but love the violence of words. Prepare for word torture. I can't keep quiet. I'm full of dangerous phrases that should be censored. Uh, I gave him a nosebleed, but no friendship developed. <laughs> That's a uh, story of my life there, Liz. <laughs> Uh, my calculations have something vital missing. Could it be poetry? Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, fantastic job, translation team on Wild Arms 2. And, uh, you know, a, a great game, a great soundtrack that uh, I think was requested so uh, vociferously to, so that it would be added to GTT Radio, which is uh, where it will now uh, live on in, uh, you know, in proper, uh, you know, properly honored. Great soundtrack. Uh, shout out to the composer Michiru Naruke. And uh, let us not uh, discuss this uh, mysterious cowboy terrorist RPG any further. Um, it says nothing Maybe to do I'll with me wanting. Sometime. I don't want to check my phone and look at this uh, sexy purple Pikmin. But we are going to move on to the next game. So thanks to everybody for the request. <laughs> game four. Oh, he's thick though.
Alright guys, this game was the subject of a lot of controversy when it ran a 1997 advertisement reading, John Romero's about to make you his bitch. guys who's got some answers everyone who heard your trivia jesse says daikatana david says daikatana john says daikatana <laughs> this is daikatana the huge flop from john romero it you know i think this game had some good ideas going for it but Did I, it? I, so it had this concept of time travel and having each episode of the game like take place in a different um time and you have different weapons based on that time which is kind of cool i think but mm -hmm. the story was really strange you play as hero miyamoto um Named Wait. directly after Shigeru Miyamoto. I was gonna say, did For someone real? clear that with Shiggy? Like a son of a bitch. I don't. <laughs> I don't think they ran that by him. Hmm. Uh, and basically, it's the game starts in the year I think it's like twenty four fifty five Japan, when a guy shows up with the Daikatana, which is an um, ancient sword that you know you can really fuck up the day with, <laughs> and you wind up uh, going back in time and recovering the Daikatana and saving stuff. And that that idea is cool. The, the main problem with it is that it's a first-person shooter where you are constantly on an escort mission. So you have two 
NPCs that follow your. Well, you have one that follows That's your. That's for right. half the game. I was trying to second. remember the problem with this game. <laughs> and sometimes, you, sometimes they'll do stuff like they'll climb ladders and then get stuck on the stairs. Like it's it's really ridiculous. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, you'll have these massive uh, firefights, and they'll just kind of stand there in the middle of the room and get shot. You know, like they're really not smart. And hmm. I think if they had managed to fix that, they may may have had a good game. Because uh, again, like you get interesting weapons, you get some fun weapons, and like some cool effects. Yeah, because uh, like you know, f without the constant like companion quest. It's more like time splitters. <laughs> like I was gonna say, it's like cool going back weapons, in time and getting first person game. <laughs> Isn't that time splitters? Yeah, well that, you yeah. know, and dope. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, uh, yeah. You go, you go back to ancient Greece and beat up Medusa. That's kind of cool. Oh, she was definitely alive back then. That's cool, man. Yeah, you go to <laughs> you go to year five hundred BC Norway and like you know basically beat up God of War. I think um, it's uh, you know. Wait. It had some ideas. It had some Wait, ideas. So See, now I'm yawning at your mythical monsters, John. How does that feel? Ooh. Wait, I'm sorry. I just want to go back. It's like, so God of War was not in ancient Greek times, but in ancient Norse times? Did I miss uh, something? The God of, well, both. Didn't God of War move to Norway? Okay. <laughs> I he, mean, vaguely. He killed... He like killed all the Greek gods, and then he moved to Norway. And yeah. says, like, I'm sure there were four games where he was fucking up the Greek pa pantheon. Uh huh. And you know, then he moved into the new pantheon, and in the keeping with the spirit of Daikatana, somehow moved back in time to 2000 to be related to this game by John's fucking obscure, uh, you know, reference brain. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so this game. I really uh, enjoyed. I really enjoyed this piece of knowledge uh, that I just, I just read. Uh, the developers forecast sales of two and a half million units. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, we, we got there. Guys. The game's domestic sales. Anyone want to take a guess as to how many domestic sales they managed to reach? 50,000. 130,000. 69,000. Nice. Uh, 40,351. Oh, man. Damn. Wow. You all overestimated. Yeah. Jeez Louise. I thought I was being real safe with that one. Good God. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. That's the thing. Yeah, you know. in, in the first two months, it only sold about 8,000 copies. <laughs> like, yeah, see, that's and it's ballsy... You know, thinking so highly of yourself at this time in game making to put your name on the box. Like, this is technically John Romero's Daikatana. Like, true. Okay. Now, you know, I'll give it to you. You were you were a guy. You know, you had Wolfenstein and Doom and Quake under your belt. Like, you know, he's you're not. All... Oh, for some reason, I kept getting this mixed up with George, George Romero. Romero. <laughs> and I, I was did like... the same thing. <laughs> And oh, yeah, me like, too. Thank you, Wikipedia, for saving me from making a really weird zombies <laughs> reference. <laughs> I was like, he uh, really, like, he loved zombies, and then all of a sudden, hey, let's make a game about fucking time travel. And they're like, yeah. wait, are there zombies? 
Exactly. No. You know, uh, like it, it's crazy okay? to me that he, he played the Joker in the 60s Batman movie and thought that gave him license to make a time travel video game. God damn I mean, it, you stole else. my bit. I was just about to yeah. say, it's like, could you imagine if this was Cesar Romero's Die Katana and you have to go around <laughs> oh my being a God. Latin lover seducing monsters? <laughs> I, I see, I'd be into that too. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the, so, uh, the, the first thing I Joker. think of, when I think of people that put their name on things, the first person I think of is Tyler Perry, and I would like to play Tyler Perry's Daikatana. Medea goes to Samurai Times. Medea Miyamoto. Madaikatana. Medea Katana. Trying to work that one out. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Daikatana of a mad black woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's not a bad idea, John. No, it yeah. is. It, it probably would have been a bigger hit that way. <laughs> no, it, it, I don't know, man. I think you know, hello. I think it'd be a pretty good fucking idea. <laughs> like, yeah, you just. Uh, I haven't seen enough Medea movies to make specific references to the way she would attack mythical creatures, but I think it'd be pretty fucking good, man. I think it'd be pretty funny. She'd probably just, uh, I don't know. I'm assuming just like swat him with her purse and. Uh, yeah. You know, then they'd all go to jail together. Uh, then you know, this really could they could have just adapted Daikatana to be the plot of uh, Boo a Medea Halloween. <laughs> like I'm just, yeah, would have been great crossover. Another fun thing I found while researching this game is apparently in like 2009 they released a soundtrack for this game on CDs. <laughs> oh, thank God! Uh, which which Finally. John Romero announced via tweet. Said tweet got like four retweets and eight replies. <laughs> like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, man! Yeah, man, this guy—he—he's he, not enough of a guy to have his name on a game. Like, you know, God, you know, I don't even know who Sid Meier is, but I know who his pirates are. Like, uh, and, and his civilization, and the civilization. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it, you got to start out putting your name on the games. Or don't do it at all. Like, you can't just be like, Hi, I'm John Romero, and I made this game, Daikatana. It's like, now wait, who are you? It's like, well, I made Doom and Quake and stuff. It's like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, have you ever seen those old posters of Jimmy Carter says, Hi, I'm Jimmy Carter, and I'm running for president? That's okay. what I imagine. A black white photo of John Romero says, Hi, I'm John Romero, and I'm making Daikatana. Like, just, that's yeah. your ad. I literally picture, like, John Romero doing, like, in-store appearances in, like, Circuit City and no one caring. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, that's the weird... Yeah. Hi, I'm uh, John Romero. I'd like to talk to you about Daikatana. It's like, nope, I'm just here for, uh, I don't know, printer ink. Leave me alone, please. Buy my game. <laughs> Buy my game. Well, that's the weird thing, too, is, like, the guy developed Wolfenstein 3D and Doom and Quake. Like, he made first-person shooters. You'd think that name would be big, but for some reason it just isn't. And I think that reason is Daikatana. Yeah, it's uh, Daikatana and, uh, you know, all his games not having his... He forgot to put his name on his homework, quite frankly. That's the problem. He should have fucking been slapping his name on games the whole time. It should be John Romero's Wolfenstein 3D and John Romero's Quake. You know, then we'd know who he was. We wouldn't care. He'd still be just as irrelevant after Daikatana, but at least it would make sense for him to attempt to slap his name on something. Like, just, you know, it's a bold move slapping your name on the box. Like, you know, Shiggy don't do that shit. Shiggy just makes the games, man, and he just, you know, it's like, yeah, cool. People know. 
Kojima puts his name on stuff. Yeah, but he he runs his own production studio. He puts it in, you know, it's you know, it's his studio, and, and he you know, pu- it's like in the credits, it's, and you know, and he's More. quite frankly he's earned that privilege. <laughs> so that's the thing. Kojima makes better games than Daikatana. So I feel like the name thing used to happen a lot more too, because you had like Lord British. You had like uh, Peter Molyneux and, and stuff like that. And True. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, you know, these guys got a little too high on themselves and thought they should put their names all over things. And it's like, yeah, you know, no, you shouldn't. You should make good games. Uh, yeah. And you know, don't like, call your I own like. shot about how many how many copies you're gonna sell. Don't call your own, sh- own shot about making people. You're about to make people your bitch, and then not releasing the game for three years. Yeah, that's the other thing. You said the 1997 ad for a 2000 game. Yeah, apparently, oh, I guess it phenomenal. was pretty close to getting done, and then they decided to change from the Quake One engine to Quake Two engine and delay the game like three years. Fantastic, man. Yeah, you know, it's uh. I guess I would say it's you know, it's, uh, you know reminiscent of Duke Nukem Forever, but that took even longer and you know was even shittier. So, uh, who was knows, it? man? I don't know. Does Duke Nukem Forever have you on a constant escort mission? Oof, no, you yeah. just you you have a mission with a lot of escorts, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> different kind of thing. Hey, Duke Nukem. <laughs> I'm hitting that Duke Nukem humor level, baby. That's <laughs> good shit. Uh, literally, I'm holding some good shit in my hand. Duke Nukem. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, yeah. No, fuck him. What? I got. It's it's a it's a shit and sex game. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's Duke Nukem. The shit and sex game. <laughs> Doesn't he? Uh, That's the episode title. So I'd play a, that game. Yeah, exactly. First, first <laughs> it's like. Person. There's, there's that game out, Just Shapes and Beats. Next, <laughs> they're going to make Just Shit and Sex. <laughs> oh, dude. A first-person shit game would be uh, fascinating. Mainly is because it, you don't have eyes in your ass. Say, so it'd be... Uh, isn't Wadham like a shit game? I love Wadham. And it's... Uh, yeah, there is a lot of pooping in that game. Uh, it's a shit game would just have to be like you looking over the shoulder constantly. Yep. Uh... <laughs> Hell of an angle to Wait, play a game from. So you can look at the shit, Wait. John, as it comes out of your butt. So like Come you on, walk man. backwards yeah. and forwards, <laughs> looking over your shoulder to see where you're shitting. Wait, what? is that how you guys shit? No, I'm, I'm saying, but that. if you're going to make like, like, like a down, video game, like, like obviously your projectile shitting behind you, so you have to aim, so you look <laughs> over the shoulder to see. I was going to say. A first-person shit game, John, realistically would take place in more places than just on the toilet. You know, you don't just play the game sitting on the toilet taking a shit. <laughs> like, that's not how... <laughs> it's not the game we're all envisioning. We're envisioning a game that's a first-person shooter, except the, the ammunition a is shit coming out of your butt. shitter! Yeah. <laughs> hey! Get us out of here, John. I can't... cannot believe oh, we managed you. to keep talking that about this. That was good. <laughs> uh. God, and all the ways to keep a dichotomic conversation going, talking about literal, you know, shooting shit out of your ass in a game is not what I intended. <laughs> Fuck this. Uh. Game five.
this game features an unlockable mode which consists of a remake of the original game in three dimensions. Who's got their answers? All right, so uh, play that hat trick sound. Everybody says Excite Bike 64. Hell yeah! This is Excite Bike um, 64. Yeah, what a what a game, man. You know. A game so great and prolific that uh, maybe more than one person picked it prior to the show. Um, yeah, but I mean, game. it is such a it is such a great iconic game of the N sixty four era that I don't think we can really put any blame on someone who might have chosen this game after somebody else did. Oh yeah, no blame. I remember. I remember one thing about this game, and that's Go that on. it worked with it worked with the Nintendo sixty four expansion pack. And when you turn that on, I think it enabled a high-resolution mode, but it added black bars to the top and bottom of the screen because it now went to widescreen mode. And when you're playing on, like, a 19-inch piece-of-shit TV, like, those black bars are just terrible. <laughs> and I was like, what? Nah. Like, no. Nintendo was really pushing everybody to buy a widescreen TV. Who knew? <laughs> I mean, this game did use the expansion pack, and it did include an unlockable high-resolution mode, but if there's one thing you don't want with N64 textures, it is high-resolution. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a number of things about this game I don't want. Uh, you know, I... Uh, I played this today in a, you know, leading up to the show in anticipation of using this as my game. This game's not good. <laughs> Man, John. I respectfully <laughs> disagree, but go on. No, it's game your game. Fight. You tell me why you respectfully disagree. This game's. I'm not gonna say. Uh, I'm not gonna, you know, go so far as to drop like a real hot take and say that it's hot dog shit. But, uh, no, this game's not very much fun. 
Um, I disagree. I enjoyed this game when I played it. Um, I haven't when played did you it play recently. It last? I played I it within say, the last four hours. <laughs> like, I haven't played it recently, and admittedly, like, a lot of games on the N64, maybe it doesn't quite hold up, and maybe it has some issues, mm-hmm. but... Um, I definitely remember enjoying this game and having a lot of fun with it, particularly because the uh, Excite Bike on NES, um, obviously you were racing around like a dirt bike track. Uh, and this game had those indoor tracks, but this game also had outdoor tracks. So you actually got shortcuts on Excite Bike, which was interesting. Um, and some of those shortcuts were actually kind of cool. Like I remember. Oh, I can't Left. think of the name of it, but there was um there was a stage that was kind of like on a farm or in a valley, and you pass by like a farmhouse or some kind of building, and there's a shortcut where you go through the grass and up, and you basically are driving on the roof of the building to like cut across the track. Um, so there was part of it that had kind of like a more 3D open environment, mm-hmm. and there were different modes to this game. There was a desert mode, which had like a randomly generated desert that you would just drive through. Uh, cool. And I believe I believe the goal was to like find campfires and drive through them to extinguish them. <laughs> Ruin other people's camping trip by hauling ass through their campfire. Yeah, they're uh, in the desert. Where are they going to set on fire? <laughs> like, <laughs> But I mean, like... Shut the, the, up, John. The main point was that, like, you know, again, Excite Bike on NES was a very single track-based game, and now you had, like, a free-roaming environment that you could just fuck around in on a dirt bike. That was pretty cool. Well, yeah, it, and... You know, I, I will say that is that's cool, and I, I like the outdoor tracks and the 3D of it all. Uh, the problem is, to me, that only seems cool comparing it to Excite Bike, not necessarily comparing it to other 3D racing games of the time. It's it, you know, it's it's funny. It's the second game in the Excite Bike series. Uh, <laughs> this is the sequel to Excite Bike, Princess 1985. Uh, so it's like, yeah, wow, they really have come a long way on this. It's like, yeah, you know, other games also came a long way. Like, how's this stack up next to Diddy Kong Racing? Mm, you know, not so much fun. Uh, you know, how's it stack up to most other, like, kart racers and things that have come out for Nintendo 64 and PlayStation? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's well, missing something. Apparently, allegedly... Um, it was created as like a straight motocross game um, and then like as they were developing it Nintendo was like well you know what we have this excite bike name like right let's just put that on there and make it an excite bike game yeah you know marketing wizards they are um, yeah it, it's I also do... funny go for it John I recall having a pretty good time in like a stunt mode like I'm, I remember there being like an arena where you just do stunts. And I, I did enjoy that, and I think this had a soccer mode, so I think this was kind of like beating um, Rocket League a little bit to the punch of having uh, people in, car- in vehicles play with giant soccer balls. Mm-hmm. You're right about that. I don't remember the stunt mode necessarily, but, yeah. I, I remember, I, I think, like, because there was the desert mode where it was just like the free-roaming desert, and I think there was like another open, just completely open area track. Um, that was set in like a stunt range where you could just fuck around and do stunts. 
Like, I definitely remember that in the game. And then, of course, you could unlock a soccer mode. And then you could unlock what they called Excite 3D, which was basically all of the tracks from the original Excite bike, but in 3D. Right. Wait, there's more than one track in Excite Bike? <laughs> <laughs> I never got past yes. the first. Yeah. <laughs> or they all just ran together because they were NES dirt tracks. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, yeah. My main issue with this isn't, you know... I don't know. Isn't even comparing it to... No, it's, I guess, slightly comparing it to other 3D racers at the time. I was playing this today, man. This game controls like shit. Like, this is <laughs> not fun to play. It, you know, and it, it harkens back in one way to one of my frustrations with the original Excite Bike. Uh, when I'm playing a racing game, uh, I want to go fast. And I don't want to think about whether or not my engine is going to overheat. And that seems to be kind of the only thing at play in the original Excite Bike. It's you have to monitor the heat of your engine and not use too much turbo. Mm -mm, not very much fun. And that has carried forward into Excite Bike, and so uh, Excite Bike 64, I should say. And man, it's not fun playing a 3D racer with like these big hills that you have to climb and use like gas and turbo, but like the t the the temperature meter climbs severely by you using the gas and the turbo and only drops off ever so slightly. Like, it, you're in a constant ballet of nearly overheating your motorcycle, and it's just not a fun thing to have to think of. And so, then there's also the like the turning see, in the game, which is just awful, but, you know. I actually like that, though. That's the thing. That I was, was gonna actually say, the Have I got the part. game for you? <laughs> See, that's one of the things that I liked is there was that added element of strategy and you had to, like, consciously think. You couldn't just hold A and win. Um, and to your point about the hills, it's like that's that's kind of the point about Excite Bike is whenever you hit the ramp, if you balance off and land correctly, you get a turbo boost. And in terms of the, the temperature gauge, I remember in Excite Bike 64, you could hit other people and like you would knock them off and make them spin out and if you did that you would like lower your turbo thing so like you could cool your engine by fucking over other people well see that wasn't explained to me you know all that happened to me repeatedly playing this game was i got knocked off my motorcycle by other people and had to very slowly accelerate to rejoin the race and then immediately my engine like gauge was back in the red and it's like Oh, what the fuck, man? My, my thing says I'm only going, like, 20. Like, this is ridiculous. How am I overheating my engine? Am I missing a gear shift button or something? Am I just keeping it in first gear and redlining my fucking motorcycle? Like, you know, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't put the whole thing together. I'm sure that as you get better at the game, you know, you just get good at these things. But, like, revisiting this for the first time in 20 years earlier today, I'm like, dude, this game's not very much fun. <laughs> like, it's just, you know... It's yeah, uh, I, mm. I did enjoy the physicsiness of it. Like I remember, because I I know I remember what you're talking about, David. Where like you do a jump or something, and I think this is why I like the stunt mode. You had to fig kind of figure out the right. You could you could adjust your angle as you try to land, and you want to try to have that smooth landing where you keep going. And like yeah, I really enjoyed that kind of thing. Like that's I like that. Um, and yeah, yeah, I like having to watch the engine gauge and like constantly trying to be on the edge, but just, you know, never quite going over and kind of just like constantly like, like mashing the A button to like, you know, instead of holding it all the time. Like, 
I, that's, yeah, like, I love shit like that. I love, like, the whole, because, like, I can't do that in real life. I can't constantly redline my car's engine. <laughs> so if I have an opportunity to redline something, I'm going to do it. <laughs> See, and that all ties into my final, you know, problem with the game is, you know, if I'm going to be constantly redlining an engine and having to worry about turbo usage and all this stuff, I need a sensation of speed. And very seldom in this game does it feel very fast. Uh, you know, the game, it's, it, you know, yeah. the only time it feels fast is when you're going into a turn. Uh, literally, if, you know, if you start playing this game on, like, amateur difficulty and don't know to drift into every single one of your turns, you're going to smack wildly into the wall and fall off your bike. So the only time it feels like you're going fast is when you have forgotten to drift into a turn and actually make the turn. Other than that, no, this game doesn't have much of a sensation of speed, which is what I like about racing games. So, you know, you're managing all this stuff and not going very fast and then, like, having to... You know, it, it feels like it would be if I actually got out on a racetrack and tried to drive a fucking dirt bike up one of these hills, I would fuck all the clutch up and end up, like, f you know, getting hit by somebody and slowly <laughs> rolling my way up and down the hill and not really doing the cool jumps. Like, it, you know, it's just... It, it was a frustrating play. <laughs> all right, John, in terms of not feeling a sense of speed with this game... That all cops you. This is a it's a pretty slow game. Like mm -hmm. I think your, mm -hmm. your I think your bike maxes out at like fifty miles an hour. Yes, like it's you. not a very exhilarating game. Right. Yeah, you know, that's that was really, you know, ultimately what ended up being my problem. It's like, okay, I can take like difficult to control games with like kind of, you know, odd systems if they're like kind of fun and exhilarating, and there just wasn't a whole lot of exhilarating in this game. And it's like that's disappointing. <laughs> I kind of remembered, I thought I remembered this being more fast. <laughs> and I realized also I, I, I was definitely mistaking this with like Jeremy McGrath Supercross 2000 at some point, which uh, was also a bad dirt, dirt bike game for the Nintendo 64, but, uh, you know, was not this. But it was like, I remember that one being fast and bad. Whereas this one was just, you know, it, I, I'm bad at it and it's not fast. You know, like I could see Excite Bike having more depth and being fun eventually, but like revisiting it today, I'm like, wait, this isn't the Jeremy McGrath game I was thinking of, and I'm bad at this. This is really too bad. I thought this was going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> like, I thought it was just going to be a fucking basically Mario Kart with motorcycles. Like, you know, what a fool I was. And I'm not saying I need items. But, you know, it, it, you know, fucking Excite Bike isn't road rash. I'm not saying it needs to be combat, which is another reason I'm a little frustrated that you can get knocked off your bike by other people for some sort of gain. But it's like, you know, th this isn't ticking any of the necessary boxes for a fun motorcycle experience. Like, oh, man. So. There's uh, a track creator. There is a track <laughs> creator, which is kind of cool. Like, you know, that's dope. You get to, get to make your own little dirt track. But, uh... You know, the, like, th there was one of the races where, the, uh, you know, I'm playing as the big guy. You know, there's uh, different characters to choose from, and they all have different stats. And I don't think the big guy can go fast enough to make one of the jumps. There's a big jump in, like, this desert canyon level, and the fat guy always just falls into the canyon. Uh, it's like... There's some there's some bad like design choices at play in this game. No, 
there's some life lessons in this game. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, look, if you want to get into dirt biking, you got to be in the right shape. You can't, if you're too heavy, you're just not going to make certain jumps, man. That's just no. how, that's how gravity works. Oh, man, that's pretty rude. Um, yeah, I, I've <laughs> See, watched, maybe that's uh, like where... It's like maybe that's where my issue is because you're talking about it's like yeah you got to drift into every turn otherwise you're gonna run into the wall. It's like I never had that problem, but I always played as the girl and I think the girl had like the best handling in the game. Right. Yeah. See, I was playing as the like balanced character, uh, jumping Jim Rivers, and you know <laughs> that motherfucker couldn't make a turn without hitting the wall. <laughs> like I'm just like what is going on? And then I like I had to pause, look at the controls, and R was slide, and I'm like. Okay, well, let's try that. Oh, look, that's how you make every turn. Got it. And then uh, there is also, yeah, the Bobby Big Dog Malone. And uh, the game, it is a cautionary tale. No, you can't go through the desert course as Bobby Big Dog Malone because he can't make the canyon jump. It's very frustrating. But if this were a better, you know, approximation of riding a motorcycle, a big guy on a fucking motorcycle going the right speed can make a jump. And I could not get this one to work so it's uh fuck your life lesson john it's bad design is what it is (laughs) i'm gonna make this jump just because not in the game (laughs) what are you talking about you're saying you're gonna go make a jump on a motorcycle (laughs) yeah i'm gonna get a motorcycle i'm gonna make a massive jump yeah and i'm gonna get off and just shout to the sky excite bike 64 is pretty okay seriously man but you know look up like clips of nitro circus at some point you want to see fat guys making fucking crazy motorcycle jumps <laughs> it happens you know uh most of the time you know dangerously but uh but it can happen so anyway that's uh that's all i really got in the tank for excite bike i feel like i'm overheating now uh yeah it's, um, I really enjoyed yeah. Excite Bike 64. Like, and I, I feel like this is something that we've brought up before when talking about other Excite games. But I miss the Excite series. Like, this was a fun racing series, and I feel like Nintendo should bring this back. Yeah, man, Nintendo's got a couple of fun racing series they need to bring back. This one I don't put at the top of that list. <laughs> yeah, I've got other uh, another series that I would rather see them bring back at some point. You damn cowards, maybe, show us your moves. <laughs> maybe you've heard of it, Mario Kart. When's exactly. the next time we're going to get one of those? Exactly. I feel like it's been years since Mario Kart 8 came out. You know, it's uh, Somehow there's now nine games in the series. You know, Going to need Mario Kart X. Where is it? Hmm? Mm? So, for real, I would love to see a new Diddy Kong Racing game. Yeah, we all would, but that's not made by Nintendo, John. Irrelevant to this discussion. How's that taste? Hmm? Jeez Louise. Anyway, uh, David, anything else on uh, Excitebike 64? Obviously, both of our favorite game uh, that came out for the Nintendo 64 in the year 2000. I mean, I enjoyed it. (laughs) I didn't. Such conviction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, said with authority. (laughs) Well, it's just because I feel like if I say, like, yeah, this was a really fun game and it was pretty great, like, you're going to jump on my ass. Like, no, I I had fun with it. I'm letting you get the last word. It's time to fucking say it with conviction, man. You're allowed to like something. Sidebike 64 was a fucking fun game. When's the last time you played it, though? Johnny, let's go to the calculated (laughs) computer. (laughs) That's not the last word at all. Calculating computer activated. I'm just trying to say that Yoshi's cookie is pretty good and you match cookies. Can I say that? Can I? No? (laughs) Fuck, man. (laughs) 
Scoring complete. This game's winner is... Jesse Moore. Hell yeah, it is. Great game tonight, Jesse. Uh, Thank you. you. Got every game right. Uh, well done. And, uh, you know, it's fantastic, man. You're, uh, y- you have a rare opportunity here on Game That Tune. You're going on a fantastic, uh, glorious uh, cruise next week and uh, will not be on the show. So you get the privilege of uh, maybe doing a hand grenade theme, man. You get to drop a theme on the rest of us and make us uh, deal with it. So uh, what do you got in mind for a theme for next week's episode of Game That Tune? Um, I was thinking uh, games with robots in them. I like robots. Yeah. What a... Whatever would possess you to choose such a fantastic theme. Um, there's been some uh, pretty famous robots recently, and um, <laughs> just that, you know. Yeah, robots good. Uh, you know, fair enough. Games with robots done. Lock it in. Lock of the week. Jesse, enjoy your uh, enjoy your week off. It's gonna be great. Um, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. You gonna have a little bit of that bubbly? Oh yeah, so much of the a little bit of the bubbly. Hell yeah. Oh! A little bit of the bubbly. Well, that's what I'm talking about. God, Jesse's going to be on a cruise with that guy. Um, so, yeah, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. What a great show we had this week. Uh, total blast. Uh, thank you for joining us live. Uh, we're live every Wednesday night uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Search for Game That Tune. Thank you to everybody checking us out in podcast form. Uh, you can find us in podcast form on Wednesday mornings, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, just you know, search for us. Uh, you know, don't leave us a rating or anything. We really don't care. Just listen. Listen and enjoy. Um, thanks to everybody checking out patreon.com slash game that tune. Uh, Patreon is the home for a lot of fun exclusives. We've got fantastic stuff. We cranked out a ton of content for the month of December. You know, we had new GTT gyms. We had all of our end of year mixtapes. Uh, we had Jesse's covered up series and we got new stuff in the works all the time. I'm definitely keeping GTT gyms going into the new year. We're trying to get back on track with our movie commentaries, various other things, just you know, all kinds of fun stuff going on on Patreon, and uh, you know, most importantly, we just appreciate you guys supporting us, and uh, we really thank everybody for being a patron. Specifically, we want to thank our Patreon super fans. Here we go. The list keeps getting longer. Alex Messenger, Lance Revere, Damian Beckles, Bradford Stevens, Daniel Perky, Chrono, and our newest Patreon super fan. He goes by Dominic. You can find him in uh, the YouTube chat, making a ton of requests as the Wild Arms fan. So thank you all so much for being uh, Patreon super fans. We appreciate your support of the show very greatly. Uh, by paying us a certain amount of money, like our fantastic super fan Alex Messenger does, you get to call in on the GTT hotline and get played on the show, or we'll plug something for you, or some such thing. So I believe Johnny has a, uh, a GTT hotline voicemail for us tonight. Hey, Game That Tune. I decided to take John Harrington's offer on using the hotline to promote my show. Uh, it's a real good one. It's called The Messenger Presents a VGM Journey. And I just play a whole bunch of awesome VGM music. Oh, wait. That was a little redundant. Video game music music. Wow. Oh, and also for you know every new listener that I get... I promise that I will fuck one of their mothers. 
Not your mothers, though, but the game that tune crew's mothers. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely give my show a listen. Bye! Wow. Wowie. Thank you so much, Alex, for that message. And yes, I do endorse Alex's podcast, AVGM Journey. <laughs> Uh, I don't so does that. your mother. I don't endorse that threat, though. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, is it a threat or is it a fucking promise is the question. Because <laughs> mine certainly needs some, so come yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Alex, for calling in. And, uh, yeah, check out Alex's uh, podcast. He has, a, he has a lot of fun and plays a lot of good music. And it uh, doesn't really step on our toes because it's not about guessing the music. And uh, we're funnier than he is. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you pay us this much money on Patreon, you get fucking burned. <laughs> oh, god damn it, we replaced the hot take sound with a goose honk. I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. But in many ways, it, it's that the same sound. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, and resuming end of show. Uh, thanks to all those... Uh, patrons I just mentioned for placing their request this week. They all requested Wild Arms 2 and good on them. Uh, and you can request uh, things just like they did in our Discord server. Find us there. Find us uh, via email, gamethatune at gmail.com uh, Find us in our YouTube uh, you know, 24-7 live stream uh, chat. You know, maybe don't make requests there, but we love chatting with you guys, so uh, come by, you know, listen to some tunes and chat with us. And, uh, you know, you can find us on Twitter. Hit us up, at GameThatTune. You can find me on Twitter, at JGangsta187. You can find John Regan on Twitter, at... JPRegan.jr. You can find David Fleming on Twitter, at... DFD Fleming. And you can find this week's winner, the illustrious Jesse Moore, on Twitter, at... Uh, Sega underscore legend. All right, Jesse, you got the bonus tunes, my man. What are you taking us home with this week? So on the Vagrant Story soundtrack, they had a um, like a remix of the dungeon music that's like sounds like a robot version of it. That sounds pretty cool. Hey, that's uh, somehow ties in perfectly with next week's theme, man. I love it. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>
Jackie Chan Stuntmasters. Copyright 2000, Radical Entertainment Incorporated, and Midway. Vagrant Story is copyright 2000, Squaresoft. Wild Arms 2 is copyright 2000, Sony Computer Entertainment. John Romero's Daikatana is copyright 2000, Ion Storm, and IDOS Interactive. Excitebike 64 is copyright 2000, Nintendo of America Incorporated. So I got a bit of bad news, and I feel really awful. I, I want to stress how I feel terrible about what I'm about to say. Uh-oh. But at, at about 30 minutes into the show, I realized I wasn't recording. So I'm missing about the first 30 minutes. Are you so, kidding I'm me? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I really, like, I feel terrible. So wait, 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 wait. Like, the music and everything? Yeah. You have the backup recording, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm so sorry. Like I, 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 I like I, my heart sank when I saw that I hadn't been recording it. Like, what, what do you do when you count down from five? Usually, I hit record on three and play the sound on you know one. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't know if I misclicked or what, but like it wasn't for a while. You know, I had the recording window behind everything else, and it was like later on in the show, I was like, oh fuck, wait a minute. Huh. Well, this isn't the fun post-show I was expecting. Jeez. 